Thank you. I believe it's going to be a year of breakthrough too. Let's receive that in Jesus' name. How is everyone this morning? Good. How was that extra week, parents? Not. We, we survived. We made it. It didn't break us. Um, but yeah, it's a new year. Who feels like the year doesn't really kick off until everybody goes back to school and work starts back? Yeah, I feel like that too. And we had a bit of a false start last week, so I feel like we're going to kick off this week in Jesus' name. Amen. But it's a new year full of fresh opportunities, and maybe you're amped and excited for the year, expectant for what God's going to do, pumped for what's going to happen. And if you are one of those people, then that's amazing. God has got awesome stuff in store for you, and His Word says so. Uh, But for some people, that's just not the case. For whatever reason, the new year may not fill you with encouragement and expectation. You might look around at all the people who are positive and wonder why you're not pumped as well. And that's okay. Our lives have peaks and valleys, and we're allowed to be honest and raw and real with God, and He can handle it. He can handle our feelings, no matter how strong they are. And I'm totally preaching to myself today, just so you know. Uh, But one thing that I have learned is that feelings, no matter how strong they are, no matter how real they feel, they're not always the truth. They're not always a good foundation for us to build on. They're not always reliable. And today I'm going to explain why, and hopefully give us some tools to make 2023 an amazing, fruitful year. One person's glad about that. If we got the slides up, I'm going to show you um, the next one. So our, we know that our year is broken up into seasons, and our lives move in seasons and cycles. I mean, even though this season is a little bit out of whack. Um, And this cycle talks about a thought, and we start off with a thought which creates a feeling, which then influences our behavior, and that influences what we experience. This experience can then confirm the thought, the thought builds on or reinforces the feeling, that feeling further empowers our behavior, which leads to more of the same experience. And so it goes on. Am I making sense this morning? Have you ever felt, though, like you're on one of those hamster wheels, just like putting all this energy in but not really going anywhere, and you're stuck in the same place? Tell me I'm not the only one. Or do your thoughts tend to spiral? So you start out with an ingrown toenail, and the next minute you're Googling gangrene, and you're off to the A&E because you think your foot needs to get amputated. (laughs) Please don't Google, although WebMD is helpful. I'm being silly, but if I use a proper example, if we have a thought, say I have a thought that I don't belong, that leads to me feeling rejection. The behavior becomes that I close myself up emotionally um, for protection. That's what animals do to protect themselves. They close themselves up. And isolating myself and maybe being a bit standoffish, uh, putting up a wall when people come and try to connect with me, And so my experience becomes that I don't really have any close friends, I don't feel connected, I don't have anyone to share my feelings with, and others get the sense that I don't want to connect with them, Um, and so they stop reaching out. And when the cycle goes around, it kind of upgrades itself, like software that we have on our phone. And so the thought 2.0 is reinforced at the fact that I don't belong, which is a lie of the enemy to keep me from connecting. 
the feeling 2.0 is my sense of rejection is amplified because those people have stopped approaching me and so therefore I'm being rejected. Behaviour 2.0 becomes that I isolate myself further, I make excuses, I become a hermit. And the experience 2.0 is solitude and that the experience that I'm having reinforces the fact that I have no solid real relationships and that I don't belong. And can you see how that can just keep going and going and upgrading itself every time? I'm sorry if you're coming for an encouraging, happy message. You came on the wrong Sunday. But it's going to get better. And we can easily find ourselves stuck in this cycle if the thoughts that we are having are negative towards ourselves, towards others, towards the church like we heard last week, or even God. And we heard last Sunday how we can take people's behaviour and create a negative association with the church or with God when we probably just bumped into somebody's undealt with issues. And we can try our best to deal with issues in our lives, right? For example, but we can aim our efforts in the wrong direction sometimes. Say... If we attack the feeling and we beat ourselves up, we end up feeling shame and are self-loathing because I'm a horrible person and I can't fix this on my own. If we try and fix the behaviour, which is logical because it's the tangible fruit, um, eventually it's a bit like mowing the grass. It could look like you've dealt with things, but eventually the conditions will be right, it'll rain, and then you'll get some heat, and then the grass will grow back. So we can't attack the feeling, we can't attack the behaviour or the experience. We need to address the thought or the lie of the enemy accurately, which is the root cause of where the cycle started in the beginning. So when we pull out the cycle, or when we pull out the lie, the cycle can be changed. Um, Craig Rochelle says in one of his really good books that I highly recommend, I was going to bring it in, I forgot it, our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. Our lives are always moving in the direction of our strongest thoughts. And he tells a story about a dog, um, and this dog was sitting in its yard, looked like a regular dog, and a ball comes flying over the fence, and it just sat there. Normally dogs would chase the ball. Um, But it just sat there, even though it desperately wanted to chase the ball, it didn't. And this dog never left the yard because of an invisible electric fence. There was an electric fence there at some point, at one point, and the dog got shocked a few times. And so it learned not to go near it, and it conditioned itself not to. And even when the owners took down the fence because um, a little kid in their neighbourhood got zapped, the dog still believed that if it went near the boundary of their property, it would get zapped, it would get an electric shock. So it avoided that pain even when it saw the neighbourhood kids playing, when it wanted to chase the ball, when it wanted to run and have fun and do all the things that dogs do. It stopped doing all the things that made it a dog because it believed that it was going to get shocked. It didn't want to go through that pain and so it stopped really living its life because of a lie. And if we really think about it, we can be a little bit like that. I want to ask you a few questions. Are we being held captive by a lie? Do we live, do we feel like we're not living an abundant life, our life to the fullest? And is that life on the other side of an invisible electric fence? 
has trying to avoid pain actually made us stagnant on this hamster wheel, just expending all this energy but not really getting anywhere. But if we take, if we take this cycle again and we imagine flipping it horizontally and the cycle with a pull downwards would become a bit of a spiral. Yes? The enemy wants us to spiral downwards. In John chapter 8, verse 44b, it says, and this is referring to Satan, when he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. And his aim is to arrange enough hurtful circumstances, like the shock of an electric fence, and for us to believe enough negative thoughts that we come to a standstill. He doesn't want us to be moving forward. He doesn't want us to worship. He doesn't want us to have um, encounters with God. He would rather us be stunned and still like that dog inside its yard. And that's because, zap, that relationship didn't work out. Zap, that person broke your trust. Zap, that business venture failed. The bank didn't approve your home loan. Someone walked out on you and you feel a sense of rejection. You didn't get the job that you wanted. You failed your driver's license test again. And zap, zap, zap until you've been zapped so many times. All you remember is the pain and you decide that trying one more time isn't worth the risk. But if we stop looking at the pain of those shocks for a minute, buried under there is a lie we have believed, that started the whole cycle in the first place. And the reason we believe the lie is because we have faulty internal lie detectors. And God warned us about this in Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9. It says, The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. In Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. We don't have the ability within ourselves to identify all the lies, and that's why we need the Word of God to be our lie detector. Amen? Because the enemy's weapon is lies, and so our greatest counterweapon is the truth of God's Word. John chapter 8, verse 32 says, Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Only the truth can set us free. Only the truth can set you free, and the truth is found in the Word of God. And like we said earlier, the enemy wants us to spiral downwards. But I'm getting to some good news that God wants us to spiral upward. We can redeem this cycle and make it a good one and make it a kingdom one. Because the truth will set us free and God wants to take us from strength to strength and glory to glory. Amen? We have a faulty internal lie detector, but... The Word of God can help us, and the Holy Spirit is there to guide us so that we can demolish the lies that set themselves up against us and create some good cycles in our lives. And that's my prayer for you, if you have these negative cycles, is to break them so we can have an abundant year, so that we can have an abundant life, so that we can have this year of breakthrough. And sometimes that takes a little bit of um, hard work. So let's look at a few ways that we can do that to break negative cycles. And um, I say a few because there's not enough time to go through all of the ways. Is this helpful today? Okay. So the first thing, uh, Craig Rochelle again says, you cannot change what you don't confront and you cannot defeat what you cannot define. And I'd encourage you to invest in the time, the time into 
confronting and defining. And sometimes that's not what we want to do. We don't want to deal with our past trauma or delve into our feelings and emotions or what goes on inside our minds. That's a scary thought. But I'd encourage you to take a thought audit, take inventory of your thoughts and your, um, write them down in a day. Take inventory of them and see, go back and assess them and see what it is that you're actually thinking. Think about what you're thinking about. Because you might be surprised, I know that I was, when I did this exercise, we can automatically tend towards complaining and looking at what is wrong. We can jump to conclusions, we can read too far into things, and we can be pulling ourselves or others down with our thoughts. Our thoughts are really powerful, and it affects our speech, which we know that God created our speech to create, not just to blab things, but when he spoke, he created the world, and our words have that power as well, and they come from what we're thinking about. So we need to audit our thoughts and be honest. Look at your tendencies. Do you start the day out positive, and then the day just wears you down and your thoughts begin to deteriorate? That's me. Do you start the day off negatively and then balance out as the day goes on? Or maybe, maybe after you've had a coffee? <laughs> Have you placed too much value on what other people think? Have you placed too little value on what God thinks about you? Now these patterns will help us to confront and define any lies we believe. And it allows us to put our defences, to put our energy into the right places so we're not on a hamster wheel just expending energy for no real reason. We are able to put defences and to put our weapons and our armour of God in the right places to know where the invisible electric fences, to know what the lies are that we need to attack. And we need to attack them because the enemy is going to war on our minds and we need to be ready to fight back because we've got a purpose in God and he has great plans for us and he doesn't want us stuck in cycles He wants us to be fruitful and to be powerful and to wield our power that he's given us. And so this is really important to to self-assess, to go through your thoughts and ask questions like, are my thoughts building me up or tearing me down? Do I think peaceful or worried thoughts? Do my thoughts cause me to keep people at a distance? Are my thoughts toxic or negative? Do I find myself sceptical of others? Are my unhealthy thoughts keeping me from the life that God wants for me? Do my thoughts reflect my faith in God? Do my thoughts reflect my hope in Christ? Do my thoughts connect to the vision that God has for my life? And this can help us to identify and attack the lies that we're believing. And it won't always be easy because we believed it. So it won't always be easy to identify the lie. And so asking these questions can help identify, but it's not always easy, and it can be because the lie has formed a stronghold. In the Bible, the stronghold of a city was a fortified, reinforced area that was impenetrable, and that's where people of importance were hidden inside the stronghold in times of war. And so the lie can be really well hidden, and it will likely take work to identify it, especially the longer that we've believed it, because, as we said, the cycle, as it goes around, it becomes more and more deeply embedded and ingrained. And 
the more we believe the lie, the stronger our feelings are, the more ingrained our behaviour is. And so we have to really work hard at breaking those walls down. And maybe you've believed a lie for so long that it's like the walls of Jericho and you've given up trying to break it down. Sometimes the lie can be so well hidden that we have trouble finding it. And so we need to identify a problem perhaps or a red flag instead, which might be a behaviour that you've noticed. And then, like a police interrogation, I'm sure you've all seen those scenes in movies, we need to ask probing questions and interrogate this behaviour and pull it apart and, like, get real mad at it like the police do on the movies and, like, tell me the truth. (laughs) And that's how we will pinpoint the lie. Perhaps the occasional glass of wine is becoming more frequent to the point where you feel like you can't cope without one. Um, We can begin to ask questions like, why am I doing this? When did this start? Does when I do this help me to understand why I do it? How does this make me feel? Now, what is driving my behavior? Is there a pattern emerging? And what need do I feel that this is meeting? These are just examples, and they might help you understand what a drink does for you, what a drink... um, helps in you to relieve stress and bring a sense of peace into your life. And this is just an example. If we you were to use the word of God in this situation as our lie detector, we can filter our thoughts through it and we can know that God wants to be your refuge and your place of peace. And so perhaps that helps you to pinpoint the lie that God can't be trusted. Perhaps Uh, because of people you love that have broken your trust over time. Sometimes we can project these things onto God, like we heard about last week. Um, And so maybe you're looking in this example, which is hypothetical, maybe you're looking to other sources of peace when we need to be looking to God as our source of peace. And from there, that's how we go about pulling apart the lie and bringing healing to that area by interrogating it And this is a really simplified example of the process that we can go through to identify the lie, um, to pinpoint it so that we can go to God for restoration and healing. But no matter how strong the stronghold is or how embedded the lie is, the good news is in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with have divine power to demolish strongholds. I'm going to read that again. For though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with have divine power to demolish strongholds. And these days I see so much emphasis in the world on following our feelings and on every behavior being permissible, on following our desires, which to me empowers negative cycles and behavior patterns. But we are called to a different standard. Our feelings are not always the truth. We have to filter them through the word of God. And instead of becoming bitter and lashing out because of our trauma, we have to take responsibility for healing it, even if it wasn't our fault. And the word is our weapon to demolish the lies. So let's get into our Bibles. Let's read the word of God because we can't use it as a lie detector if we don't know what it says. We have to read the Word of God and really use it as a weapon, like it says in the Word. 
to use it as our filter, to filter our thoughts, to filter our feelings and get that truth into our system. Because I can guarantee half the thoughts I think in a day, if I were to filter them through the word of God, they would get thrown in the rubbish. Be honest. Sometimes at night I will put a pen and paper next to my bed because I don't know if you're like me, but when I try to go to sleep, that's when all of the thoughts and the things come up just as I'm trying to go to sleep. And so I write them down now. I write them down and I either turn it into my prayer list or my to-do list. And half of the things just get crossed out because they're not even worth my time. But the enemy wants to attack our rest and our peace. And so maybe that's a strategy that you can use. But we want to, like in Philippians 4 verse 8 says, fix our thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and praiseworthy. Read the word. Read it as often as you can. When you go to Instagram, I know I need to do this. Every time you click into Instagram, click into your version instead and read that. Because we can create a kingdom cycle where our thoughts are based on the word of God, which creates feelings like passion and hope, which creates a behavior of surrender to God and commitment to discipleship. And then our experience becomes encounters with God, bringing restoration and healing. And that continues on to the thought that God is good. And so that cycle continues. Those are the cycles that we want to have in our lives. And the more that we create those cycles, the less the negative ones will have a space in our lives. And so some strategies to do this. Kingdom strategies. The first one is to find and replace. Once we identify the lie and any thought that comes up that supports it, we use scripture to counter it directly. That means we need to read our Bibles and find the truth specific to our situation. For example, if, your thought, if my thought is that no one loves me, I can look up Psalm chapter 5, verse 12 that says, For you bless the godly, O Lord, you surround them with your shield of love. Psalm chapter 36, verse 7 says, How precious is your unfailing love, O God. All humanity finds shelter in the shadow of your wings. Another strategy is declaration. Once you've found those scriptures, once you've dug them out, if it is about, if your lie is about love or not being good enough, then find every scripture that you can about that and write them down. Put them everywhere that you need to have them to get them into your system. And one way to begin to use those scriptures as a weapon is to write a declaration. I write out a series of statements using the word of God for different areas of your life. And I can guarantee when you read it out loud every day, it will begin to create a cycle. For example, I am blessed. God surrounds me with his shield of love. I find shelter in the shadow of his wings and am safe. I am a child of the most high God. His plan for me is to prosper. My children are a blessing from God. He equips me to parent them well. And as I teach them the way to go, I trust God that when they are old, they won't depart from it. We're using the word. We're using the scripture as a weapon. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. As I give my tithe, I will see blessing according to his word and his principles. I will not struggle. Jehovah Jireh is my provider. I can trust God to meet every need. He knows the desires of my heart. That's an example. Go through every area of your life 
your work, your serving, your family, parenting, marriage, business, finances, and begin to write out the promises of God as a personal statement and to declare it over your life. And I guarantee if you repeat it daily, hourly, even if you need to, every time the doubt comes up, repeat that statement, repeat that declaration, you're going to begin to see massive change in your life. Another strategy is gratitude, whether that's in prayer or through journaling. If your tendency is to think negatively, each day write down a list of every little thing that you have to be grateful for. I woke up today. I can have coffee. I'm alive. I have a job. I have a house. As little as you need to. And once you create that list, store them in a book so you can read over them. Maybe write them on little bits of paper. I actually got a gratitude jar for my birthday. And it's amazing because I can see it filling up. And I know that that's all of the things that I have to be grateful for. Maybe you do that. Grab a jar. Write the things down. Put them in and read them as often as you need to remind yourself of all of the blessings that God has given you. And do this until it becomes easier to see and notice the positive things. Because once you get going... You get on a roll and you start to notice and see things differently. It begins to change your vision. I'd encourage just about everyone to get counselling. I found it so helpful to guide me in some of these uh, processes because sometimes we can just need a little bit of guidance. And I really want to create a T-shirt that says Jesus plus counselling. And that's what we need in life. Um, One of the exercises that I've done personally is called Trusted Mirrors um, because the mirror that I was looking at myself in was warped and so I couldn't see myself clearly in a particular area in my life. And it's where I had to ask people that I trust to answer a question for me. And uh, for me, it was, why am I a good mum? Because I was really struggling to see why. And I got past the Trinity and I got my sister and I got a trusted friend And I asked them to answer that question and write it down. And I'll be honest, when I read the first one, I thought, "Mm, nah, nah. And then I read the second one. Ah, well, she just said the same thing. And I began to see the overlaps. And surely they can't both be lying because I trust them. And so when I doubt my parenting... When I don't feel good enough, I pull out that document and I read through it and it helps remind me. And I tell you what, the more that I read it and the more that I got that, those positive things, those trusted um, truths into my life, the less I've had to look at it. Because we can have trusted people to mirror back to us what God sees when we can't see it ourselves. And I'd encourage you to do that. If you have a trusted friend, you know, I'm just really struggling I don't feel like I'm good enough. And you get them to answer a question, why am I good enough? And they will point out the things that we find so hard to see in ourselves. Get to counselling if you need to. Come and talk to us if you need a recommendation or you need help. Um, Register for cleansing streams. I know that we have said it over and over again and it's not that we want to sell it. It's because we want you to get healing and find restoration and restore hope And it's for you that we suggest these things. Get prayer ministry. Reach out for help. Babe, can you come up, please? 
But digging a trench takes time. And you're like, what is a trench? You weren't even talking about that. Sometimes it can be overwhelming when we look at the work that we need to do. Like, all of that sounds lovely, Anna, but it sounds like a lot of work. I don't have time to do that. You need to make time to do it. And sometimes we can feel like we're stuck in a rut or a cycle, and I've been there before, but there is a way out. And if we think of the cycle as a piece of ground, and as it goes around, it's slowly digging out a trench or a pathway. Anyone that went to ALC will know what I'm talking about. If we imagine this ground as a piece of wood, and it's being carved out by this cycle, by our thought, our feelings, our behavior, and our experience. And it's getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And if we were to pour water along this trench, it would follow the pathway and it would flow through it. And when we do these exercises, when we put in the work to try and identify the lies and replace them, this is like carving out a new trench, a new diversion in our thinking, a different direction, a diversion for the water and a new cycle of thinking, feeling, behaviour and experience. But if we were to just do it a little bit, if we poured the water, it would still go down the old pathway. We have to dig it deep enough to actually redirect the flow and it needs to be deeper than the old cycle. So that's what I say, repeat these things, do the work and create these new cycles deep enough so that when the water flows through it, it will divert to the new pathway. And I say that as an encouragement because it might not seem like it's working at first. You might think, oh God, I I tried this declaration for five days now and I don't feel like it's doing anything. But if you think back to how long you believe the lie, you need to keep doing it, keep reading the Word, keep declaring it over your life, and then eventually that new pathway will be deeper than the old one, and then you will have a new flow in your life. I found that in my life personally, as we dig deeper into the Word to replace that old way of thinking, build a deeper relationship with God by prioritising Him, worshipping Him, showing gratitude, turning up and giving Him honour, and that requires using our mouths to declare His goodness. We're not just here on a Sunday to listen to the amazing band worship. Engage, engage. Fight against the war that the enemy has against us. Don't give up because it might take time and it might be frustrating while you dig out this new pathway, but God is there to help you. He's there saying, keep going keep going. Here's a scripture. If we will remove the distractions like we learned about a few weeks ago, we will begin to hear Him clearly. And He's always speaking to us. He's always nudging us. He's always pointing us to the scriptures to find life and to find hope. So why don't you stand to your feet this morning and I just want to pray for us. I don't know if this has triggered anything in you or if you're identifying with some things that you're feeling or sensing in your life, but I just want to pray for us to have the courage to um, confront these things and to define these things so that we can experience freedom. So why don't you close your eyes and I'm just going to pray. God, I thank you that you are good. 
that that can be a thought that we have because your love for us is enduring. Your hope is all that we need. And God, you love us enough to help us through these hard things to to find restoration, that you are there right beside us, God. And so if any of this has um, touched on anyone's heart this morning, I just pray that you would come in and encourage them, that you would speak to them, Lord, that they would get a, a revelation of your spirit, God, that they would have a new found desire to surrender themselves to you, God. And so we surrender this morning. We place our trust in your hands. We place our lives in your hands, God. And we say, come, help us to do the work. Help renew our thoughts because the truth will set us free. Only your truth will set us free, God. And so touch on our hearts, God. Help to mould them back to to life, God. Bring restoration. Put the um, paddles on to shock us back into life. And so we just surrender to you this morning, God. Give us courage, give us patience to go through these things, to confront these things in our lives, break down our pride so that we will actually be honest with ourselves, be honest with you. And I thank you that we can come and place these things at your feet. We can place them in your hands and that you care for us, God, that you want to see us well, that you want to see us restored, that you want to see us healthy and um, living with purpose to do the things that you have for us. God, I thank you that when we create these new cycles, that it's not just us that benefits, but it's the people around us. It's our children, it's our families, it's our communities. And that as we begin to have these encounters with you, that that would leak out of our lives into the lives of other people, that it would benefit our communities and our workplaces and our schools and our jobs and our extended families, God, that it would begin to create testimonies that we can share with others that of the undeniable goodness of God. And so Holy Spirit, I thank you that you're guiding us, nudging us, and we commit this to you in Jesus' name. Amen.